Hi folks, this is Ron Longwell, and I'm glad you're here today for another edition of the Jesus Society podcast, a conversation exploring relationship, renewal, and purpose in the kingdom of God. Uh, this is episode 17 of the Jesus Society podcast, recorded here in the positively opulent Jesus Society studios on Thursday, June 11th, uh, 2020. This will uh, this will not air until uh, Monday the 15th. Um, try to get them out every Monday. Um, and today is a today is a twofer day. Uh, I'm going to record uh, two episodes today. My uh, illustrious audio uh, production uh, manager for the Jesus Society podcast, for whom he has paid a salary of exactly nothing. Um, <laughs> he uh, he gets room and board um, for for that. Um, but he is uh, he is leaving town. Uh, this weekend, um, for, and he'll be gone a week, uh, so he will be not not be around next week to to do um, the the audio work on uh, on next week's podcast. So I told him I would help him by getting them both done today, and he could get them both um, both processed and, and put together, and then I can just schedule them to drop. So so I'm uh, ensconced here behind the microphone. Um, for the next uh, good bit until we get some of this done. So uh, last week, uh, we talked about uh, justice in the kingdom of God. And on the heels of that, I, I've been thinking more and, and watching some uh, of, the, uh, of the stuff on the news. I, 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 honestly, I try not to watch too much of that because it just makes me angry. Um, and I, it's just not a... It's just not a healthy thing for me to spend that much time. Um, I, I really think, I really think Christians need to sort of practice what what Paul talks about in Philippians. Um, be careful what you let in. You know, be careful about your inputs. Um, I think we need to. I think we need to turn off the news sometimes if it's just constant negativity, which it is. Um, you know. Turn some of that off. Walk away from that. Go do something else. Um, so I did. I have been watching a little bit of that, as you all have. And in in the midst of all the rancor and the hostility and the aggression um, that we've been seeing in our world, not just this year, but over really the last four. Um, and I've been thinking about all that. And 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 in light of all that, I thought it would be useful in addition to our justice conversation last week, to talk about another word that is important in the kingdom of God. And I think that you would all agree that it is desperately needed. Um, You know, the old song says, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. Um, That is is true. That is always true. But I want to talk about something closely related to love, and that's peace. So... um, I was born in 1965, which officially makes me an old codger. Um, uh, I turned I turned 55 this year and um, I started getting the the uh, notes from AARP. You know, wanting me to join up. Um, I was sort of excited because I could now qualify for the senior discount at McDonald's <laughs> and other places. Um, but 1965, interestingly, was the year that Hal David and Burt Bacharach wrote that song, What the World Needs Now is Love. 
And it was another period in our nation's history when strife and hostility were at a high point. And the generation just older than me used the word peace so often that it kind of lost its meaning. Uh, in fact, the word um, was used so often that um, that even Christians... Now, I'm, why am I getting... I'm getting dinged, and I thought I turned everything off. Um, I don't... I don't know why I'm getting dinged. Ah, computers. Anyway, um, so the generation older than, than me used that word peace a lot, right? It was peace this and peace that and everything. And the word was used so often that I think Christians even started not talking about it much. They stopped talking about it. But peace is a word that stands tall and proud in Scripture, and I am convinced that peace is part of the meaning of the word kingdom for Jesus. So the first thing that we need to recover about the word peace is that is it is a result and not a goal. And what I mean by that is that peace is the result of, of years in a good cultivated relationship. For instance, uh, marriages shaped by love are peaceful marriages. And so instead of focusing on having a peaceful marriage, a husband and wife who focus on loving one another will have a peaceful marriage. Uh, similarly, societies that are shaped by love and the things that grow out of love, uh, justice and mercy and forgiveness, become societies marked by peace. So peace then is not really our goal necessarily. Love is our goal. Love is the hard, gritty work. Uh, love is the way of the cross that produces peace. When we love, justice and peace uh, bubble up as the results of love. Uh, people who want peace but aren't willing to work on love are not going to find peace. And people who love find peace, whether they think about it or not. Excuse me. Good coffee. So the word peace in the Bible is a big word. And there are a couple of ideas uh, wrapped up in this word peace. One of, the, one of the great truths of Scripture is that peace and serenity emerge from the conviction that God can be trusted. Um, when I was uh, in graduate school in Texas, I was a teaching assistant for Randy Harris, who is one of the sharpest and funniest theolog theologians that I know. Uh, he wrote a book, a book, the subtitle of which is Confessions of a Stand-Up Theologian. So that gives you some idea of, of, um, of who he is. Uh, anyway, I, I love him to death. He has, he has helped me immeasurably. Um, but Randy says that you can have feelings of peace and calm because you know, in the end, when sin and sickness, disease and death, war and plague, and the devil himself have done their worst... God has the last word. And that's right. Um, the old song, um, uh, It Is Well With My Soul, captures this beautifully. And I, I, I will attempt to sing a little bit of it. <clears throat> when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, 
Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. How about that, huh? For a 55-year-old guy, still got it. (laughs) I want my soul to be well. And I want the inner calm in the midst of the chaos of life. This is, that is one of my favorite hymns, and I will sing it every time I can. But in the Bible, the word peace is not just about inner tranquility. And to see the rest of it, um, I want to I look uh, at a couple of passages. One is uh, Isaiah chapter 11, uh, verses 1 through 9. So I'm going to read this. And uh, then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. About it. it says, uh, this is Isaiah 11, Isaiah 11, 1 through 9. Then a shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and strength, a spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight will be in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes. He will not execute justice by what he hears with his ears, but he will judge the poor righteously and execute justice for the oppressed of the land. He will strike the land with a scepter from his mouth, and he will kill the wicked with a command from his lips. Righteousness will be a belt around his hips. Faithfulness will be a belt around his waist. The wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf, the young lion, and the fattened calf will all be together, and a child will lead them. The cow and the bear will graze, their young ones will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like cattle. An infant will play beside the cobra's pit, and a toddler will put his hand into a snake's den. And they will not harm or destroy each other on my entire holy mountain." For the land will be as full of the knowledge of the Lord as the sea is filled with water. Okay, so if you were listening to that, the word peace doesn't show up at all in that passage. But even though that's so, Isaiah gives us a a picture of the Messiah's kingdom of peace. He says, uh, a shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse. Okay, that's Jesus, right? Jesse was David's father. Jesus is a descendant of David, okay? And he says, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. By the power of the spirit, there will be fair judgment, verse 3, care for the poor, verse 4, punishment of the wicked, verse 4. He says that righteousness and faithfulness will characterize the king's rule, verse 5. You know, when you start reading some of these passages, you you see things that just always show up together, right? Righteousness, fair judgment, justice, peace, like they, they all show up together. They're, they're, they're fruit of the same thing, okay? Um, and all this leads in this passage, all of this leads in verses 6 through 8 to this almost unimaginable peace in which predator and prey live together in harmony, wolf and lamb, leopard and young goat, calf and lion, and they'll all be led, we're told, by a child. 
And the passage concludes in verse 9 by saying that they will not hurt or destroy on my holy mountain. So, so see, that's a, that's a picture of this kingdom, and it's, it is very much characterized by peace. Now, the word peace in Hebrew is the word shalom, and you've probably heard that word. For a first century Jew, uh, shalom meant three things. Uh, it meant material prosperity. It meant loving relationships with God, family, Israel, and other nations. It meant moral goodness and integrity. Now, if you think about that, when you've got all that, when you when you're when you've got enough to enough to eat, right? You've got enough. When you've got good relationships all the way around with with your God, with your family, with the people around you, and when you've got moral goodness and integrity, that's peace, right? So, for a Jew in Jesus' day, here's how they would have thought about all this. You've got peace when you've got what you need and you need what you've got. When you love those you're with and with the ones you love. When the ones you're with love you. And when you're doing good to those who are doing good to you. My, my favorite passage in the Bible about peace is found in Isaiah 60, uh, 11 through 18. And I'm not going to read the whole passage, but we're going to kind of talk through it. In verse 11, uh, Isaiah describes Jerusalem's leaders standing at the gates and, and being incapable of shutting the doors of the, the, the gates because foreigners are lining up to give them material gifts. Um, he says, your city gates will always be open. They'll never be shut day or night so that the wealth of the nations may be brought into you with their kings being led in procession. In other words, Israel's going to be the talk of the Mediterranean. Others will say that Israel is an object of eternal pride, a joy from all generations, verse 15. And then in verses 17 and 18 of Isaiah 60, God says, I will appoint shalom, peace, as your governor and righteousness as your ruler. Violence will never again be heard of in your land. Devastation and destruction will be gone from your borders, and you will call your walls salvation and your city gates praise. So peace happens when your ruler has the name Shalom and your king has the name righteousness, and when you name the walls around your city salvation, and when you name the gates of your city praise. That was the dream of Shalom that God gave to Isaiah. And when Jesus arrived and announced peace, he was tapping into Israel, to Isaiah's uh, imagery. In Luke 19, verse 42, uh, Jesus wept over Jerusalem's response to him because he was offering them the only thing that could bring them what they really wanted. He says, if you, even you, had known on this day what would bring you shalom... Right? And, and one evening during the last week Jesus spent with his disciples, he warned them of the, of the turbulence that was to come, and he promised them inner tranquility. Peace I leave with you, he said. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. 
and do not be afraid. So if you put this all together, you've got real soul peace and real social peace. And remember, peace is a result, not a goal. Peace is the result of a life of steadfast commitment to loving your neighbor, to working things out, the result of letting God's inner peace become God's outer peace. So I don't know if you've noticed or not, but today in America, we don't seem to have a lot of peace. Um, About 50% of marriages end in divorce, and sadly, those divorce rates aren't really that much better uh, for those who claim to be followers of Jesus. Um, Racism is clearly still a problem in our country, uh, even in spite of the big gains uh, in the last century. Um, most Democrats believe the greatest threat to society is Republicans, and most Republicans believe that the greatest threat to society is Democrats. And very few of us get along really well with anybody that is substantially different than we are. Does that sound like peace to you? It doesn't to me. So what on heaven's name do we do about that? We start, I think, by admitting that we are all broken here. Nobody's got this perfectly figured out. We're, we're all, to, to, to some level, focused on the wrong things. And again, as I said last week, I'm, I'm really concerned about those of us who call ourselves Christians. I, I, can't, I don't know how to change people who aren't Christians. I, I don't know how to fix that. Um, and I said that last week. And I'm really concerned about those of us who name the name of Jesus because of all the people on earth, we should get this and we should live this. And the people around us should look at us and say, you guys have this figured out, right? But we don't always see that. Jesus dreamed of a kingdom society a society where God's goodwill is done on earth as it is done in heaven. He dreamed of a society that in its soul was shaped by loving God and loving others, by justice for all, and by a peace that passes understanding. Peace flows from those who love sincerely and act justly. And I believe if peace is going to get a chance today, it is going to have to begin with those who claim to be followers of Jesus. Because anyone who wants to follow Jesus will be following the King of Peace. In Romans 16, verse 20, the Apostle Paul told the Christians in Rome, uh, a church embroiled in conflict and controversy, a church that had two groups of people, both Christians, and they weren't getting along, Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians. And each of them thought they had the upper hand. And he told them, Paul told them, um, that the God of Shalom would crush Satan under their feet. That's my prayer right now for the United States, that the God of Shalom would crush Satan under his feet um, and that God's people would rise up and be the light of, and the salt and the leaven in the midst of this, that we would show this world and show this nation what it means to live in peace. 
And with that, I want to thank you for joining me today. Uh, I hope you'll join us again next week um, and the week after that, the week after that. Uh, we'd appreciate it if you'd tell others about the podcast. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, uh, rate, and review us on um, iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you wherever you go. Um, please visit us on our Facebook group. We're, um, I, I admit, we've started this Facebook group. I'm not a very good sort of starter. Um, that's because I'm, I'm just so busy with other stuff. I'm, I'm trying, <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I'd love to see a, a, a conversation break out there, um, regularly and, and just be a good thing. Um, but you can just search for the Jesus Society podcast. Uh, I'm sure you'll find it. It's a private group. So you'll have to ask to be, um, to join and we'll let anybody join. Um, check out our website too. Um, the G- thejesussociety.com um, all the episodes are posted there at some point uh, if you listen to iTunes uh, or I mean iTunes is where I, I go um, if you listen to iTunes you, you're um, eventually older episodes of the podcast will disappear from from iTunes they they have a, a cache I think that they only hold so many and then they kind of disappear they will all episodes will always be available on the website So if you need to get back um, to something, you can find it there. Um, Thanks for listening. I hope you'll be back. And remember, you are greatly loved.